While I'm not one to blame everything on ownership, the Chicago Bulls have a unique situation with owner Jerry Reinsdorf and really the team being run by Michael Reinsdorf. And while I spent some time to really take, you know, everything that was said in the interview and kind of put it all together, we're going to talk about Jerry Reinsdorf's recent interview at a press conference uh, recently or at a panel recently and what that, how that spells out doom for the Chicago Bulls in the long term. We're going to get to all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And uh, if you want to follow me, you can do so at CEO Hayes, at CEO H A I Z E. If you want to follow the show, you can do so at Bulls Central Pod. But let's get into it today, right? I've, over the course of the offseason, the short offseason that we've had, it hasn't really been that long since the Chicago Bulls season has ended, even though it's felt like a very long time. Um, it, I've talked about the ownership. I mean, I've talked about the GM. I've talked about players. I've talked about coaching. One thing that is always hard to kind of really bring and how much it impacts a team is ownership. That's because you have some owners in sports that really stay out of the way. You have some owners in sports that are involved in the day-to-day activity, um, like a Mark Cuban. Uh, that's really involved and hands-on and, you know, gets in, ingrained, learns the players, things like that. And then you have Jerry Reinsdorf, who seems to be an owner that refuses to change with the times. Now, if you're a member of the channel, I recently had a video in which I said uh, one of the reasons why I think this offseason is going to be a difficult one for the Chicago Bulls is it kind of all came back to ownership and their reluctance to spend money, right? And I don't want to focus it just on the spending money aspect of it, but for those that know, those of that have been Bulls fans for quite a long time, you know that the Bulls have this unofficial mandate, I guess you can call it officially, in which the Bulls do not spend into the luxury tax. Now, while I'm not somebody who thinks you need to spend into the luxury tax to build a damn good team and a team that can go on playoff runs, you don't necessarily need to do that. But I do think there are certain situations in which it can absolutely hurt your team and that you don't spend into the luxury tax. And I look at the situation the Chicago Bulls are in specifically right now with the Lonzo Ball contract, right? You have a player that you're more than likely not going to get that career-ending injury exception uh, for because Lonzo would have to then admit his career's over with first, um, which isn't likely to happen. Um, but you do have a disabled player exception that you could file and go after. The only thing is, is that if you use that, it keeps Lonzo's contract on the books and that $10 million that you'll gain from that exception would then send you into the luxury tax. And the Bulls just aren't going to do that. Most teams, I would say probably about 95% of the teams in the league would use that disabled player exception in this case to fill the best team possible. But when you have a owner like Jerry Reinsdorf who is absolutely fine with winning enough to where your fans have hope. This is, a, this is things he said directly. Winning enough to where your fans have hope but not spending money at the same time to where you're going into the luxury tax. It really hurts the Bulls in situations like that. And while I am, I have fallen out of love as I was with AK and Eversley running this team, still think that they could do a damn good job, I do think that their hands are tied to a certain degree just by that mandate that the Chicago Bulls have of not spending into the luxury tax area. And then you have Woody at this panel, Jerry Reinsdorf talking, and some of the things that Jerry Reinsdorf said just come off as tone deaf, come off as somebody who doesn't have pride in, a, in a, having an a, a, a organization that wins. Jerry Reinsdorf does treat this as a business. 
And for some owners, that's fine because some owners still, even though they treat it as a business, understand how you can thus make more money by spending into the luxury tax, making sure you have a team that is that night in, night out is contending and can go on deep playoff runs, right? And while this press conference, everything that he framed was really kind of more so around baseball, if you kind of just know again, because, you know, I have the thought that, that Jerry does care more about baseball than he does about basketball. But with that said, right, um, some of these quotes that came out from Jerry, you just have to look at it and you're just like, what? Like some outright lies. For example, Reinsdorf, if you think you know more than your GM or head coach, then you've got the wrong GM. Sometimes you have to bite your tongue and have faith but you can't make decisions for your baseball people. You've got to let them make the decisions. Again, even that was geared more towards baseball than it was towards basketball, but that, that, that definitely played in towards the mindset. Another quote from Jerry Reinsdorf. I think the important thing to fans is while they want you to win championships, they want, uh, they want to know that when they get down to the last month of the season, you still have a shot. You're still playing meaningful games. If you can do that consistently, you'll make your fans happy. Well, Jerry, do the White Sox and, 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 and Bulls fan bases seem like a happy fan base? Do we seem like we're happy there, Jerry? Do we seem, do we, do, does it feel like this fan base is a happy fan base, right? And it, it really, it paints a picture in which with Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice, <laughs> with Jerry Reinsdorf's mindset, like the Bulls are going to have to always be the team that gets extremely lucky. When you look at the Bulls, he bought the team right at the year after Jordan was drafted. And he was able to ride that out to make the Chicago Bulls a, have a worldwide fan base and be a household name. The, the, everyone knows the Chicago Bulls by name. They know the logo. They know the colors. They know, they know Michael Jordan. And he, was, he lucked up into that. If you, matter of fact, if you look at it, yeah, Jerry Reinsurfers brought the city of Chicago seven championships, six because of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and what they did down in the Bulls, and one with the White Sox, right? But other than that, the Bulls over the last however many years since Jordan, is, Jordan left, we had, what, one conference finals appearance? We've made it to the second round maybe three, four times in that time ba- time frame. Overall, while I'm, again, I'm not blaming everything on ownership, I do feel like this team is always going to have to get lucky. That means that this team is, is going for the Chicago Bulls and the White Sox for that matter, but we're going to focus on the Bulls here. This is Chicago Bulls Central. Maybe I'll go on this rant also on Chicago White Sox and Chicago Cubs Central. By the way, make sure you guys go and follow and subscribe to that channel as well because Big Kev's killing it over there. But with that being said, the Bulls are always going to have to luck up and get a superstar player in the draft or a player that develops because this team is not going to be the team that spends money to keep a team together because nowadays this isn't like the, the dynasty era of the Chicago Bulls where you can, you're not going to get lucky with, with getting Scottie Pippen to sign a, a bad deal because players are smarter, agents are smarter, they're more aware of the cap space, and a lot of the, a lot of the CBA rules won't allow for that anymore either. So for the Chicago Bulls team to really ever be the championship level, the pre-ennial championship contender that we want and deserve from this team, I don't know if it ever comes from this ownership group. And again, that is not to abstain or take away the ownership of coaching the the play the the coaching owning their own issues to take away from the gm and 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 ak and eversley and what they need to do to try to continually add to this team but as much as we talk about billy donovan and shout out to winton that's my guy i throw winton a little fun because that is my guy and how much he distastes and a lot of bulls fans distaste billy donovan and you know think hey how much can the bulls really improve while billy donovan is their head coach my question is, how high is the ceiling for the Chicago Bulls realistically unless we just get batshit lucky with Jerry Reinsdorf 
still being the owner of the Chicago Bulls? That's the biggest question, right? Jerry, even in this, right? Another one. Sports is a business of failure, but the fact you finished second or third or fourth, it doesn't mean you had a bad year. That's our owner, ladies and gentlemen. That is our owner. We don't have an ownership group that cares. That cares about winning. That the bottom line is, let's do what, yes, you want to still be. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today profitable and i think it will be hard as an nba team to not be profitable and that's one of the things that is also a big slap in the face here is that not only because chicago fans are going to show up at this point we know we're going to show up and it is what it is but there's not a world in which the chicago bulls are not profitable that you can spend into the luxury tax the bulls can spend into the luxury tax for the next 10 years and i guarantee you we would still be top five in the league in in profit turning that's just that's just what this organization is. So when the when the focus is on the bottom dollar, and I know I'm a fan here talking about a billionaire's pockets, but until Jerry Reinsdorf is gone, not to say that we can't be a great team, not to say that we can't eventually win a title. It's just it's going to have to come through a lot of luck and development and drafting the right players, and that's when AK and Eversley come in at, right? It's going to come in developing those players even if you draft the right one. That's where Billy Donovan comes in at. There's a synergy between ownership, uh, the front office, coaching, and players. Those four things all have to kind of overlap in a way that that is almost perfect for a team that is not going, we're not going to spend money to buy a star. We're not going to, and, and to say that, uh, sometimes that doesn't work either. But the fact of the matter is, when you have a team like we do now that need, is in desperate need of point guard shooting and bigs, and you have an asset in a disabled player exception that you could file for and that can get you one of those things, then a mid-level exception, re-signing Vooch, re-signing Kobe White. But we know we don't live in a, in a world, as the Chicago Bulls fan, that all that is going to come together because ownership is adverse to paying the luxury tax. That's just what it is, people. That's where we sit right now as this team. That's where we sit as this franchise. And it's really disheartening, right, to a degree, to to see Jerry Reinsdorf have this. And I know it recently came out, too, that Jerry Reinsdorf really isn't involved in the day-to-day as much. It's Michael. But... Do we have we seen anything from Michael Reinsdorf that, that lets us know that he is any different than Jerry? Jerry's name is Jerry Michael Reinsdorf. And Michael Reinsdorf is absolutely uh uh uh, uh he is a chop off the block, bro. Like he's just he's the same damn person. They could do the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. He has the same methodology and mindset. He was raised as a billionaire child. He doesn't have the pride either in just wanting to build a winning organization. So when, when, when we go into this offseason like this, where right where the Bulls have minimal assets, minimal money, and they need to add two or three things to the team on top of, of keeping at least two players, one to two players, and Kobe White, Nikola Vucevic, one of those two, maybe even both of them, you have to re, we have to realize that 
a lot of these things that for some other franchises would be coming, some other franchises, the front office would have the ability to make a big trade to go to raise the salary, maybe go into that luxury tax. It's not happening for the Chicago Bulls. And then for a team like the Bulls who, and I mean, well, with the new CBA, them adding the second apron and how that's more uh, penalized for teams that are into that luxury tax area for two years. It came out that you have to be in that for two years. It just... It doesn't paint a great picture for the Chicago Bulls. And I know this is a little bit different video. I know we're not necessarily talking about players and things here, and this may be harder for some fans, uh, especially like more casual. And I don't mean that for as a negative because some fans don't care about the ownership. They don't care about the day-to-day. -day. They care about the basketball. And I know this episode may not be the most exciting for those fans, and I do apologize. We'll get back to our normal content going forward. But it just it is important because it, it just, it's, it's wow. Wow, that's really what it is, is wow. But hey, I guess that is what it is, man. Uh, before we go, though, I do want to talk about something with the player, and that is DeMar DeRozan. So it seems like, um, you know, in, in, in Sam Smith's recent mailbag, um, that, you know, that he was asked a question about the Bulls trading DeMar DeRozan. And, you know, he was saying that if it's in a yes or no world, he'd lean towards no, but he does basically think that the Bulls are more likely than ever or more open than ever than maybe moving DeMar DeRozan. And here's what I'll say to that, right? I know a lot of Bulls fans, and I'm, well, let me ask this question, right? Did the Bulls really miss their best opportunity to trade DeMar DeRozan? And that, by that, I mean capitalizing off his trade value that he came into the season red hot with. Uh, you know, he did have injury, but DeMar was still great, right? So I think he still does have quite a bit of trade value. But I also think this, right? For a team that lacks leadership, as much as I have said that if any player on this team is going to be traded as far as our bigger players, it should be DeMar DeRozan because he's an expiring contract. He's older. There's no way we're going to build a competing roster in his time frame left in the NBA. It's just not likely with knowing the Chicago Bulls. I do want to also say that for a team that lacks leadership, for a team that doesn't have an outright leader, and while DeMar isn't that vocal leader either, he's a great mentor. Um, and I think sometimes those things can be very different things and, and we kind of kind of overlap them, is that unless you're unless you're really bringing it, trading DeMar DeRozan would be a culture changer because then you're defaulting back to what? Who's who's our next most senior leader? Is it it's Zach Levine at that point in time? Um, but if the Bulls are to move DeMar, are are to go after and try to, you know, change that shot profile as the buzzword is gonna be this offseason from AK, you know, try to make the, the team a more modern offense. If DeMar DeRozan is moved for that, which I'm not against, the question that I then ask is how do you address the leadership aspect of it? And we know that Pat Bev is more than likely not coming back and he, you know, he has the right to demand the salary that he wants. If he does come back, shout out to that. But it really comes down to this. I know as Bulls fans, we look at DeMar and we say, hey, he's limiting Patrick Williams' shot attempts. Patrick Williams could move back to the three, which I think that's still not going to happen either way. I think we're looking at uh, probably Daylon Terry being the long-term three there. But, hey, it, where do things have happened? And, 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 and possibly moving DeMar DeRozan this offseason, let's just say that the Bulls are going to explore every avenue. Have you not hurt yourself in the assets that you could have gotten back because he only has one year left on his deal. That's the bigger question there, and it doesn't even matter. Do you want more shorter-term assets? But as I've been telling you guys, I think now, as, as we get closer to free agency and I kind of fill out more of what this team is and where this team is at, I think that the more likely than not outcome is probably going to be, honestly, that we see Vooch maybe re-sign on a smaller deal, maybe a 2-plus-1, maybe a 1-plus-1, plus one, something like that, and to where DeMar, Lonzo, and, and, and maybe even Vooch's new contract all kind of come off the books at the same time, and then AK goes back to the complete drawing board with cap space again. And I don't necessarily know, man, how that's going to work out. It's a, this is a long offseason, and 
it's going to be with a lot of speculation. And I think that things will clear up at the draft, right, to see where, where if the Bulls do luck up and fall in the top four, to see if maybe the Portland Trailblazers do send the Bulls New York Knicks pick or whatever else happens. But I think as that comes together a little bit more, we're going to start seeing that picture. And if DeMar DeRozan is moved, here's what I'll say. DeMar had a great two seasons in Chicago, and I respect what he brought here. Um, I wish the team would have succeeded a little bit more, but I respect what he individually as a player brought to this team. We'll see what the story holds for DeMar DeRozan. We'll see what the story holds for the Reinsdorfs owning the Chicago Bulls. All that and more on the next episode of Chicago Bulls. No, you guys know what it is. But thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and or voicemail, the number to do so, 770-273-270-2799. How do you forget your own number? 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.